0: I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. No, 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 this is no, going to be huge. huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I'll just take the contact. I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this step, this step, this step. Jerk with the tonight.
1: <laughs> Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. This is one of your hosts, Isaac Harris of Mavs.com. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Uh, today is just me. No Nick today as Nick is still on vacation. I guess he's on vacation. He's visiting family back home up in Kentucky slash Ohio, everything up there, the exciting states of Ohio and Kentucky. and um, But today, I'm joined by none other than Melvin Hunt. Melvin uh, was an assistant coach for the Mavericks for the past three years. I guess I say past, Um, but for three years from 2015 16 to 2018 19. And he was there for towards the end of uh, Dirk's career and then. He left to join Lloyd Pierce's staff in Atlanta uh, with the Atlanta Hawks uh, right before the draft that landed them, Trey, and Luka in Dallas. But Melvin Man has one of the uh, coolest backgrounds in coaching, I guess, in the NBA. It's an underrated uh, background in the league as he spent his early days in Houston. Um, He was there for Olajuwon. He was there in Houston as a video coordinator when they drafted Yao Ming uh, before the McGrady days. He went and spent some time in L.A., uh, so he's with Rudy T., uh, with Kobe. Uh, then he spent, gosh, a handful of years in Cleveland. He mentions this in the podcast today. Uh, he was with five years with LeBron in Cleveland. Uh, so literally, he was with, and then obviously he spent three years with Dirk. Um, he spent some time in Denver uh, when they drafted Mello and Chauncey Billups. And uh, he coached Barkley at one point. He has coached a ton of people in the league. It's really cool. Uh, hearing his story and hearing his background. Uh, but today, we, yeah, over the past uh, few days, we jumped on uh, over Zoom and talked about, just caught up about life. Uh, he was one of my favorite people on the coaching staff here in Dallas, uh, literally, since I've been covering the Mavs. Uh, so I was uh, kind of bummed when uh, he left uh, to join the staff in Atlanta. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for um, just, um, yeah, the foundation they're building in Atlanta right now. And this is a two part podcast. So, Today uh, will be basically about the league and uh, about uh, some stuff about his time in Dallas and um, yeah about Dirk some about the Trey versus Luca stuff which is uh, super fun. We've had uh, we've had fun joking with each other uh, about that stuff and uh, I do make a joke, guys. I do make a joke about the Hawks schedule for Disney and. Uh, I just couldn't help it. I just had to. And uh, he calls me a scrub. So for with that, it's, uh, it was a fun, a fun moment, but uh, yeah, we talk about Luca and Trey and just everything with that and just his perspective as a coach for the Atlanta Hawks. And he's with Trey all the time. Uh, but yet he has all these Dallas connections too. And, uh, he has a lot of respect for Luca even mentions uh, in this about how much they liked Luca uh, in that last year that he was here. And he had all these notes on Luca and how, you know, they were obviously wanting Luca, uh, the Mavericks when he was coaching, uh, with the Mavericks, but, uh, great conversation. We talked at the end about, uh, kind of his idea or his, um, his thoughts on the Disney bubble, and uh, I ask him who he's going, who he thinks is going to win the, the title this year, and uh, he deflects a little bit, but uh, but I, I'm almost right there with him though, and it's hard to predict everything with what's uh, going to be happening in Disney. So uh, today's a two part. I think today will, will be a little bit shorter. Hey, cool. I'm still getting text message notifications, uh, but today will be a, a little bit shorter, and then tomorrow's pod I'll welcome Melvin back on as we talk all about. Vince Carter and uh, I'm super excited about tomorrow's pod because uh yeah that was one of the main reasons I wanted to talk with him because he spent the past two years with Vince Carter and the last two years that Vince has been in the league and uh, we just talk everything Vince on tomorrow's pod and y'all know if you've been listening to this podcast how much I love Vince Carter so um yeah if you love Vince and you want to hear more stories about Vince Carter and um just everything about that listen to Melvin and I tomorrow but here's part one myself Melvin Hunt, assistant coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Let's go. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like maybe your rent or maybe some groceries. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So I'm joined today by Melvin Hunt, assistant coach from... So I was thinking, I knew you were in Dallas for multiple years and I had to look it up. It was 2015-16 to 2018-19, right?
0: Right. Three years,
1: okay. three years. So you're, you're at the end of Dirk. You head to Atlanta right before, was it before the Trey Luca
0: draft? Yeah. Right before.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right, right before it Join Lloyd Pierce in Atlanta and bam, here we are. So I want to ask you this. I know you, st- you still have connections in Dallas and everything, kids and Dallas area. What's, what do you miss the most about Dallas?
0: Oh man! Well, for one, I miss my house. We still have our house in Frisco. Okay. I, I miss being able to sit on my porch. Um, I mean, on my back porch, and and you know, take in that Texas humidity. I said I, I miss it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and maybe you know, I have my own little my little fishing spot set up. So I, I miss that probably the most.
1: <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I, well, I'm jealous of Atlanta because there is a, a a worship group, a worship band called Maverick City Music that is based out of Atlanta that uh, I've come to know over the past like six months. And so anyway, Atlanta has been on my heart. I'm like, at some point I'm going to come to Atlanta. I'm going to go hear these people worship. And so I'm jealous of you in Atlanta right now.
0: You, you got to get here, man. There's, there's some great places to worship. Um, you know, we, my family, we worship at a church, of the apostles, pastor, pastor Michael Yusuf, who I grew up on, okay. you know, he's on the radio he and Chuck Swindoll and, yeah, and, and, and even Charles Stanley's here, and uh, his son—they're here, um, here in here in that uh, Atlanta. But you know, Michael Yusuf—I grew up on these guys, and they're right here in Atlanta. And it's so cool to not be in my car uh, <laughs> to listen to them. I can actually go to the church and and be there. You know, with Pastor Yusuf, just like I've done for, I mean, probably twenty years. So it's it's a great—I got a great spot to worship.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so you've been in Atlanta for the past two years, right? Right. Yeah, past two years uh, with the Hawks. Compare the situations from your three years in Dallas to now your situation in Atlanta. Compare contrast. What's the difference or if there's similarities?
0: Well, you know, when I first got to Dallas, there's a little of both, but when I first got to Dallas, um, we were kind of a team kind of – right on the cusp of, of going into a rebuild, but you know, rebuild is always a tough word for organizations, especially after you've won, you know, you've won in a recent, you know, recent times, the 2011 championship, it's kind of hard for people to accept, you know, that you're kind of going into that rebuild, uh, reload mode. at the same time, when you got a legend like Dirk still on, on the books and he's still playing and you know, you, you feel like you owe it to him to still give it a shot to try to win so we were kind of right there and Dirk was great. You know, um, I think Rick handled it about as, handled it about as good as any, anybody can handle. You know, he didn't want to be the guy to, to start, that, start that rebuild too fast, mm-hmm. but he also wanted to give, give uh, Dirk the respect that he, you know, he had earned, you know, to let him play it all the way out. And uh, I think the organization did and it was good for him. So that was unique where we were. You know, my first year we ended up getting to the playoffs um, you know play, you know played in the first played in the first round you know chipped the game off of a, a really good OKC team probably you know we had a ton of injuries i don't know if you remember but you know everybody was hurt uh we went into the playoffs you know no no disrespect but we we started a rookie we started uh Justin Anderson for a game mm. um you know Chandler Parsons was hurt and we just we were dropping like flies but we fought like like you know like dogs to get yeah. into the playoffs man the last 10 games so that was that was a great feeling and in the next two years we didn't really officially say that we were rebuilding but we were actually the rebuilding really had started you know we were trying to acquire some 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 new young talent um you know we ended up in my last year we ended up drafting Dennis Smith and we were trying to go in that direction to kind of you know restock the shelves so to speak and uh So that was unique where we were. And then here coming to Atlanta, I mean, it was, I mean, it's very well defined. We're we're not on the cusp of of trying to figure out, you know, when I first got here, what we were. We knew exactly what we were. Atlanta had already won. You know, they had already started to strip it down. You know, um, the organization had just built a brand new practice facility, uh, new ownership. The, The direction was very clear. We were a rebuilding organization. Trying to figure out, you know, where we were going to where we were going to go in the very near future. So it was, very, it was it was clear we were rebuilding. And so as we started, you know, building our team, we knew, you know, some of our guys that were older, they knew exactly why they were there. Mm. It was kind of a partnership. We knew that they could, you know, we could help them. You know, some of them resurrect their careers. You know, uh, that's what, where Vince was great, and and um, um, uh, Jeremy Lynn was terrific. Mm -hmm. As far as, uh, you know, guys who, you know, were in unique places in their own careers and were trying to get themselves back or try to continue a career. So, but we also knew that at the end of the day, we were a rebuilding team. So that made it fun. I mean, it it was, you know, our game days were practice days. And, um, you know, we knew that we were going to give everything we had in the games to win. But at the end of the day, it was to try to build something. And that's where we are right now, trying to build something that we can sustain, that we can build perennial playoff team eventually get into a place where we're competing for championships but right now and over the last couple of years man it's been all about getting our guys better and it's been a blast
1: yeah and I mean you you have a core that you know you've put together or you know, still building on that with Trey and John Collins and those guys and just I'll, your perspective the Luca Trey stuff is it is it as annoying for you as it is for somebody like me? Is it fair? Like oh, we know they'll always be linked because of their draft, but you're around Trey all of the time and you see how good he is up close and practicing games and all the time. But and you watch Luca from afar. Is it? Is it just unfair that this stuff happen? You know, these conversations happen all the time.
0: It's beautiful theater. Mm. It's, it's it's beautiful. Um, it gives the fans something. You know, uh, I grew up watching uh, the show Dynasty and, and, and Dallas and all those shows uh, yeah. that were on television. And it was like, you know, it was always a little conflict. You know, it was always a little something. Well, this, for the fans, you know, it, it gives them something to talk about. It gives them something to kind of rally behind. Um, but the reality of it is, Luka and Trey are great buddies. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, Jamal Mosley and Shed and Mike Weiner and all and, Steven Silas is the guy who took my place in Dallas. We're all like brothers. we're like family to each other. And so uh, we got ready to play, uh, play Dallas this year in Atlanta, and Luca wasn't playing I think it was a back-to-back, and they were you know, trying to protect his body. And um, just like I was on staff for Dallas, I walk up and I'm talking to Mose, and I pushed Luca right in the chest and pushed him down in his seat, and said, "Man, I paid good money to watch you play tonight." <laughs> and he just started laughing, you know, and and, and so you could just see there's a he understands it, Luca understands it, and Trey understands it. I mean, it's, there's a beauty in it. They're both really good players. Um, make no mistake, and this is something that I'm, I'm going to say in regards to both organizations. Everyone, everyone uh, involved in in the transaction understood how good Trey was, mm. and understood how good Luca was. It, it was there were these were not secrets. You know, everyone knew we knew how good these guys were Um, for us. It was a it was a perfect situation for us because we wanted an extra swing at the Mm bat. And what do I mean by that? You know, we were in a position of power. You know, we could pick either one of them, Luca or Trey. um, And we thought they both were really good. But we also got a little extra. We got another pick. And that's what we were as an organization. We wanted another another pick regardless of which guy we picked, we were in a position to kind of move the chess piece around, so to speak. And so getting that extra pick, which turns out to be cam reddish. And so for us, it was, it was a, it was an opportunity for us to get another at bat. We got another swing and you know, uh, we knew Luca was going to be good. Make no mistake. I mean, I, I could, I could literally pull out some of my notes, you know, when I was in Dallas, I knew how much we liked. We coveted Luca yeah. when I was in Dallas. So obviously I knew, you know, that, that he was, he was well-respected and regarded. But at the same time, as soon as I got to Atlanta, I didn't have to prove, I didn't have to sell anybody on how good Luca was. So, and same thing with Trey. I, you know, I knew where he stood with both organizations. That was kind of a blessing for me to have been on both, <laughs> to, to have been on both sides of, of that, that, uh, those conversations. But at the end of the day, I think those guys have done a tremendous job of competing and embracing it. You know, at first it was kind of a, it was a little bit of an absence. I mean, it was like an annoying thing for them. Hmm. Well, now I think it's more of they're just forever linked. Um, I think it's a good linking, especially when they're both all stars. They both were all stars this year. You yeah. know, uh, they're both really talented players. Um, I think, you know, Dallas is a little bit ahead of us as far as the rebuilding is concerned. We're rebuilding ours as, as we speak. And so I think it was good for everybody. It's one of those trades where everybody, uh, Everybody feels good. Everybody feels like they won, and in the back of my mind, I'm still looking. And I, I, I tip my hat to Travis Slink because, you know, our GM because he understands the, the rebuilding process. If you go back and look at a lot of these teams, Isaac, a lot of these teams they don't get them. They don't get very many swings at the bat. Yeah, because you're not going to pick. You're not going to always pick the perfect player. You're going to pick players that are going to get traded. They they may help you acquire other players. Dennis Smith. He helped you get. KP. He helped you get that. So it was a great pick in that regard, but you're not always going to pick the guy. We had Tory and Prince here in in, uh, Atlanta. That pick helped us do some other work. Mm -hmm. And so when you're doing it, you just got to get more swings at the bat. And that's what we were. And so I'm happy. I'm very, very uh, happy to to be with Trey. Uh, It's a lot of fun to watch Luca. You know, it's a lot of fun to watch them mess with each other. You know, I can't wait to see them in years to come to have that, that fun, competitive matchup where they're going to say all the right things in front of you guys. They're yeah. going to say all the stuff. Oh, man, this means nothing. You know? <laughs> no, they're, they're, they want to show people, you know, uh, I'm sure Trey wants to show folks and Luca wants to show us. And, and it's fun. I mean, it's, it's what this game is about. And that start, that that's, goes back to the beginning, my first answer, the beginning of my answer, it's great theater. Yeah. It is great theater, man.
1: <laughs> well, even like All-Star Weekend, you know, when Trey yeah. – uh, uh, Trey or Luca, I can't remember now, who hit the half-court shot, and they, like, leaned into each other, and it was fun, and everybody enjoyed it. And uh, you mentioned Cam Reddish, you know, that was part of the deal. But another piece you have, too, that I really liked coming out was DeAndre Hunter uh, yeah. out of Virginia. And I really like him as a player, too. So, you all have so many pieces. And so, okay, real quick with the rest of the season, how does your uh, Disney schedule look at – I'm so, okay. I'm sorry. I, I,
0: <laughs> oh, what a scrub!
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. That was mean. But that, realistically, the the uh, like the are you all going to get to play like any type of? I know there's been things thrown out there. At, like will we get to see you all play on TV again this year?
0: Well, tr- truly, uh, I I don't know. The answer to that is I don't know. Um, I, I'm being totally transparent we're not really overly consumed with being televised, Mm. uh, getting any kind of uh, uh, coverage, exposure, because that's not what we are. You know, you guys in Dallas, you know, it's an exciting time. You know, you want to get in the playoffs. You want to see, you know, put yourself up against, you know, the top players and the top teams. But what we are is, we really just want an opportunity to, within the rules, to get a chance to compete. Whether it's behind closed doors, my high school coach used to – we had some of our best games. We were a really good team in Louisiana, a little bitty small, small-town team, 2A. Uh, we, our, our highest division was 5A, and we were a 2A team. Uh, 2A team. And, and we would play some of those uh, 4 and 5A schools behind closed doors, and we would beat the stank out of some of them. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, they respected us. They regarded us. They knew that we meant business. But we were a small team, and from a small – you know, a little small town. And so it was more important for us. And they, didn't, they never wanted to uh, post a score. They never wanted to put it in, in print, never made the papers. And we didn't care because it got us better. Mm-hmm. It g- gave us, you know, our guys gave our guys some respect. It gave us a chance to measure ourselves. But well, that's where we are right now. I mean, the exposure part, yeah, it'd be great if some of the games are televised. If we can find some way that we get televised. But if not, we just want the opportunity to compete. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll meet in Dallas. You know, if we get a chance, we'll meet in Dallas and play, you know, Golden State. Just so we can, our young guys, we mentioned Cam Reddish already. We mentioned DeAndre Hunter already. We mentioned Trey Young, John Collins, um, all these young guys, Bruno Fernando, you know, Kevin Herter. I mean, we have a bunch of young, really, really young guys. And Clint Capella is not an old man by any stretch of the imagination. He's just been around a little while. But we want our guys and need our guys to get an opportunity to play. So... Truthfully, the Disney the Disney thing is great. I think it's great for the league. I I think it's wonderful for the fans. But as far as where we are, you know, yeah, obviously you want to compete with your peers. But at the end of the day, the most important thing for us where we are in this process is getting an opportunity just to play and compete, you know, with each other and hopefully against someone else.
1: Okay, last question. And since you're not going to be in Disney. You, uh, you can answer this with a, a straight face, but your pick to win it all in Disney.
0: Um, you may as well just give me a, a dartboard. I'm looking for a dartboard around, <laughs> around here right now. Um, and, and I say that because, one, we don't know who's in shape. That's true. We don't know who's going to hit their stride quickly. It typically takes, you know, three weeks to four weeks just to get – chemistry and get to get a real flow. You see that from, uh, you know, our games, uh, during the regular season. Um, so you have to take that in consideration. We still, you know, there are guys who are not playing, you know, the Lakers just took a hit with, uh, with Bradley, with Avery Bradley not playing. I mean, that's a hit. That, that yeah. is a real hit. Uh, that's a challenge. Um, the conditions, and hey, man, listen, you know, I wasn't a great player by any means, Isaac, but, my wife knows. My kids know. I light up with a crowd. Man, yeah. you give me a crowd, Isaac. I'm gonna cut up. You're gonna get the best version of Melvin Hunt that you can find with a crowd. Um, with no crowd, and we're just playing, and now I'm just playing for the love. You're still gonna get you're gonna get a great version of me. But it's something special about a crowd. Yeah. You know, we, we, some of us some of us are like that. We we enjoy that crowd better. But there are also there are guys who 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 play better without a crowd? Mm. You know, there's. I've coached some guys who were great practice players. I mean, great practice players, and then they were just they were good good uh, game players. But they were great in practice. Um, we, we're going to see. We're going to we're going to learn a lot about some guys. You know, there's a certain fuel that that comes with the adrenaline of 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 the crowd hating you, booing you. Yeah. Uh, the pretty girl in the corner shaking <laughs> pom-poms that loves you. You know, there's a, there's a certain energy that comes from that that you feed off of. And with that being minus, you know, with us not having that in Disney, it's going to be interesting to see which guys can really, really figure it out quickly. I think these guys, they're all pros. And, you know, they're, they're used to adjusting and, and, and making, you know, quick changes, you know, to their approaches, to their games. I think that's going to happen. But it's going to be really interesting. So, and I'm not trying to tiptoe around your question, but there's so many factors. There's so many factors that you know that are going to impact uh, that are going to impact what we see. You yeah. know, you think about a team like Dallas. You know, what, what, what do you what do you got? Seven, seven seed. Yeah, seven, seven seed. You know, with um, fresh legs. Mm. Do fresh legs come into play? More so for a young team or for an older team. Yeah. Um, the lack of travel. I mean, travel is a big deal in our league. The schedule beats you. Mm. There's some games that, that, that are usually won and lost purely because of travel. Mm. Well, now you're taking travel out. And, you know, our guys are, you know, they, they get into their routines staying in the same hotel. Just being for there. For some
1: teams, like two and a half, three months.
0: But two, right, two and a half, three months. Watch this. Being away from your family mm. could be good for some guys, could be bad for some guys. Some guys, you know, it's hard. It's hard when they when they're going home every night to their family and, and they and they take off their professional basketball hat and they turn into a professional dad. And they take that hat off and they turn into a professional husband, and they take that hat off and they become the handyman around the house. They take, you know <laughs> yeah. that, you know you're taking that out now. For some guys that gets them there into their rhythm, For other guys, their sleep pattern is going to be different. Mm. So I'm telling you this for, for the coaches and the players, excuse me, and the officials who are going to be uh, directly involved in this. there are going to be some new challenges that no one has ever really even thought about that are going to have a, have a real impact on our, on, on the product on the floor. I think some good and some bad. And again, you, you I'm, I'm a corny dude. I don't care. I'm 50 now. I can be corny. <laughs> Listen, it makes for great theater. Yeah. You, you're going to see one of the things that I know for a fact. LeBron used to be, when he got too much sleep, when he was younger, he was not, he was not as efficient. Mm. He, he, he got to a place where he knew the exact amount of sleep that he needed. He knew the exact amount of rest that he needed to, to make that machine go. And that was when he was younger. So sometimes he would sleep too much and he would come in to rest and he had this, this wild, chaotic energy that he was trying to bridle. Well, he figured it out. Well, the really good players in this situation, I think that's going to be one of the challenges that they're going to have to figure out quickly. You know, if, if, you know, if the, if the Clippers can figure it out quickly, they're going to have a decisive advantage and you know, some other teams uh, that are younger, if they can figure it out, they can make a push, they can make a run. And and the big elephant in the room is COVID 19. Yeah. You know, guy gets, guy gets, uh, catches the virus. And, you know, with the way the rules are stated, he's going to be quarantined and, and not be able to work out. That can impact things. Yeah. So, man, I'm telling you, hey, COVID 19 with coaches. You know, a coach comes down with it. Hardly
1: anybody's talking about that angle. Yeah,
0: hey amen. listen, there there are so many things, and this is where I give the NBA so much credit. They've had, to, man. Let let's be real. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. You're a pretty smart guy. I'm I'm kind of <laughs> I'm I'm an average dude. If we can think of these things, they've got some of the some of the brightest people uh, in, in in the industry working on this stuff and putting all this, uh, all this stuff together. So I know that they've thought about it. I know that they've considered all these things. So with that being said, you know, there are a lot of variables out there, man. And again, it's going to, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful. I'm really, really hopeful for fans, uh, for the league. Uh, but most important, I'm really hopeful for the fans that, that the, 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 the whole Disney thing turns out the way we want it to turn out. Um, and like I said, man, it's, it's going to be must-see TV. And, yes, I'm not going to be there, but I'll be somewhere. I'll be watching. i will be watching, though. More. I'll be watching. I'll be studying. And uh, I- I'm serious. I-, I really do think that, uh, Isaac, we're going to learn a lot about our players. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys are going to emerge that you're going to – I think you're going to, we're going to have a greater respect for some guys that we otherwise didn't really – you know, I thought he's hey, he's pretty good, but we're going to – I think there are going to be some guys that are going to emerge from the crowd. Uh, because they're going to be the ones that adjust quickly.
1: Yeah. So, Yeah. The predictability of this. I mean, I already kind of make fun of people who like look at a schedule and they're like, Oh, 10 and four, you know, just like before a schedule even like plays out. And now more than ever, you know, these eight games come out on an eight game schedule and we're trying to predict like, all right, that's five and three or whatever. And I'm like, we have no clue what the, like how this, how players are going to come into it and the shade, everything that you talked about. So I think, Yeah, what you said. I mean, it's going to be must-see TV. We're all going to watch it and uh, enjoy basketball back on our TVs again. So, But, Melvin, thank you so much, man. I I enjoy. I'm blessed every time I get to talk to you and just hear your wisdom and uh, just your joy. Uh, You're an infectious personality. It's always fun to be around. So I I appreciate you. Thank you for all the stuff you're doing in Atlanta, and hopefully we can uh, connect in person in the future sometime.
0: That's definitely the plan, man. It's always good to talk with you um i appreciate what you're doing and, and more importantly man i appreciate how you do it mm. um I, I think you know i've always said that you honor god through your work mm. and and the bible speaks of that and um i don't think you, you you're not you're not off that path at all you're right on that path so keep keep honoring god through your work and i think that's why i'm smiling all the time because that's my goal <laughs> i'm trying to honor god through what i do so i appreciate you well i appreciate you have a good day man all right buddy talk talk to you later